Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to continue our study of the Prophet Jeremiah 51, chapter 51a, that's the first half. This is a very long chapter, so it makes sense to divide it in half, even though it does, for the most part, until the last few verses, have a unified message. <clears throat> this is Saul Weiner, the host of the podcast. So... Chapter 51 continues on the theme, the chapter 50, which we just studied together, which discusses the prophecy of Yirmiyahu regarding Babylon. We will find out at the end of this chapter that the time when he spoke this prophecy was early during the reign of Tzidkiyahu, during the time when Babylon was a powerful force, but Judea still existed, and Judea was considering um, rebelling against um, the Babylonians, but that decision wasn't yet made or solid, um, and the open rebellion hadn't yet began. The people were agitating for rebellion. The king was leaning towards rebellion. Jeremiah was advising not to rebel against Babylon, and Jeremiah was still saying that that um, we should be subservient to Babylon, do not rebel because we do not deserve to be saved from them, this punishment of being subservient to Babylon is a punishment for our deeds. What we need to do is mend our ways and live at peace with the Babylonians as our overlords. Be at this very time, <clears throat> Yirmiyahu is saying the prophecy that ultimately Babylon is going to suffer destruction and doom, which he describes very graphically in the chapter we just read 50 and in the chapter we're about to read. So one of the things this does is it lays bare the entire idea that Yirmiyahu was a Babylonian sympathizer. Until chapter 50, which we just read, and 51, which we're about to, one might have thought, one might have understood the people who accused Yirmiyahu of counseling subservience to Babylon because he was a Babylonian sympathizer. It is obviously clear from these statements, and these are statements which were made in public that people knew about, and we'll see evidence of that at the end of this chapter, and when we do 51b. They knew very well that Jeremiah was not a Babylonophile, if you will. <coughs> However, <coughs> they still accused him of that. <coughs> anyway, they still accused him excuse me, of being a traitor, um, uh, despite the fact that it was patently and, and provably false. But let's continue Let's uh, uh, continue by reading the verses. We're going to start with verse 1. Ko Omar Adonai, so says God, Hineni meir al bavel. I am about to stir up against Babylon, vi el yoshvei lev kamai, and against the hearts of those that dwell there in Babylon, ruach mashchis, a spirit of destruction. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Kaspi had a different translation of this verse, which would be as follows. Um, I am about to waken upon Babylon and its inhabitants. I'm going to, against its inhabitants, the hearts of those who stand up for me. I'm going to bring about a spirit of destruction against Babylon. So Lev Kamai would be the hearts of those who stand up for me that are on my side. Verse 2, 
That would be an alternate translation. And I will send, I will incite foreigners against Babylon who shall scatter her and empty out her land as they encircle her on the day of her disaster. And they encircle her land on her day of disaster. El Yidroch Hadorech Kashto to him who bends his bow, in other words, gets it ready to shoot, v'el yit'al b'sirionu, and to he who takes pride in his armor. God is addressing those warriors coming to do battle against Babylon. V'el tachmalu el b'churaha, do not have mercy on the young men that are fighting for Babylon. Ha'charimu kol destroy all of her armies. V'naflu chalalim b'eretz kastim, and... Let them fall as corpses in the lands of the Chaldeans, and as wounded in the streets of Babylon. Those of you that think that the fact that Babylon was able to destroy Israel and well, well, it was able to destroy Judah was because God had forsaked them. No. Israel has not been forsaken. Judah has not been forsaken by their God. May Adonai Tzvos from the Lord their God. The reason why they were punished was ki artsam mal'ah Hashem. It was because their land was full of sin, mikadosh Israel against the Holy One of Israel. So they were punished, but they were not abandoned. Now that the punishment is over, it is time to redeem them. And it is time to take vengeance against those that destroyed them, the nation of Babylon. Nusu mitoch bavel. Run from Babylon, let each person save his soul. Don't die, don't get cut down along with the sin of Babylon. This is a moment of vengeance for God. God is paying to Babylon, paying her what she deserves. But Babylon was like a golden cup that made the entire land drunk. People were drunk with the violence of Babylon, and they joined in that culture of violence, the, which we studied in each of the nations that Jeremiah paid attention to and talked to us about in these last several chapters. They were criticized for their violence. Those nations drank from the wine of Babylon, Alcain, therefore Yisholu That's why the nations are all mad with violence and destruction. Suddenly, Babylon now has fallen and has been broken. Go ahead, cry for her. Go ahead, cry. Go ahead, take some medicine for her ailment. Maybe she will be healed. As the Radak points out, this is derech lag. This is a way of making fun. Go ahead, see how that well that works out for you. Go ahead, try to heal them. Cry for them. Ripinu at Bavel, Velonir Pasa. We have tended to Bavel, but she did not become healed. What is this referring to? If we look in Isaiah chapter 13, he has already warned Babylon of the upcoming destruction. He has told them about what's going that we, they were warned by the prophets about what will happen if, if they continue to behave in the way that they're behaving in the violent way that they were. But they didn't listen. So therefore, abandon Babylon, and let every man go back to his land. Because her judgment has reached the heavens, God has decided to take 
to, to take her uh, down. Be, uh, and, and, and it has been lifted and her judgment has been lifted into the skies. It sees clear, let each one of us, let every single person return to his land. This is a redemption of all the peoples that were made to suffer by Babylon, not just the people of Israel. Obviously, Jeremiah's attention is focused on his people, but he continuously reminds us that this is a redemption of all of those that suffered under Babylon. Hotsi Adonai et God has brought forth our vindication. Let us all come, all of those peoples that have been thrown out of their lands, let's all come and now worship God in Zion, the actions of the Lord our God. All the nations that have now been redeemed from the destruction, from the suffering that Babylon was causing, should come and thank God at Zion. Again, polish your arrows, gather your shields, milu hashilatim, God has awakened the spirit of the kings of Media. Media is allied. They're closely related to the Persians. The Medians and the Persians are this nation that attacked and, 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 and brought about the destruction of Babylon, which is being prophesied here. Because it is God's plan to destroy Babylon. This is vengeance for God. This is vengeance for his temple, which was destroyed by the Babylonians. Raise up a banner over the walls of Babylon. Strengthen the watch. Set up guards. Get ready all of the ambushes against the soldiers that are trying to protect Babylon. Bavel, because this is what God has planned. This is what He has carried out, and what He has spoken against the inhabitants of Babylon. Shochant al rabim, you who live on many waters. Babylon was blessed with the flows of the rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. Rabatot you had so many storehouses full, either of weapons or wealth or both. amat However, your time has come. And the translation of this word amat bitzech has several different translations. The Radak offers two possible translations: midat bitzech, meaning the amat uh, meaning the measurement of your greed has come back against you, because that, based on the amount of greed that you had and violence against others. So the second way he says is amat, meaning the you're the arm of greed that you use to smash others. There's a be- another beautiful explanation from Rabbi Yishai Mitrani who explains over here that it means retribution for your crime. Amat bitzeich, meaning a measurement of retribution because of your crime that you had against others. Nishba God, the Lord of hosts, has sworn by himself that I will fill you up with men as many as a swarm of locusts, and they will all cry, Hedad, which is similar to today's, Hooray, we've won, we've beat them. Verse 15. Now, the, the, um, the, the, the following few verses is, 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 talks about the greatness of God. And the reason why it's interpol- it's put here is because people, the mistake of Babylon 
and the cycle of history that we discussed a bit in the last chapter is everyone thinks that we're powerful, we're strong, and it's because of our might and our greatness and our fortresses and our armies and so on and our wealth that makes us powerful and strong. But that's not it. It's God that's the strong one. So we're going to read about the greatness of God who is like so beyond human greatness that it's like completely incomparable. Oh, say Eretz God is the one who creates the earth by his power. He establishes the world by his wisdom. And he stretches out the heavens with his understanding. We can't even get close to the mind of God. Lekol Tito, this is verse 16, as he makes his voice heard, Hamon Mayim Bishamayim, there's a rumbling of water in the heavens, Bayam Nesim and clouds rise from the ends of the earth. Rakim Lamatora Asa, he made lightning bolts for the, to come with the rain, Vayud Sei Ruach Tov, and he brings winds to come from his, his storehouses. Nivar Kol Adam Midas, all humans are foolish without any knowledge humans can't even come close to the knowledge of god it's completely out of our realm every goldsmith is every smith is becomes disappointed and embarrassed by the idols the false silly idols that they make because what they make for themselves are false there's no breath in them there's no strength in them there's no no not no breath that animates them Hevel Hema, they're useless. Maseta to him, they are um, actions. They are created by people of 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 of, of, of mockery. Mase, uh, they're just foolish. Beit Pekuda Samyovedu. At the time of their punishment, they will just disappear and get lost. All of the false, fake gods. Lo However, it is different. Chelak Yaakov, the portion of Jacob. Jacob now has learned and understands that it's not by the might, it's not by the power of the people, of the armies and the wealth and so on, but it's God in whom we should have. That will last forever. That will go on forever. That's not going to continue in the cycle of history. One nation is powerful, and then a few years later, the next nation is more powerful, and then the next nation. But God is forever. That's the Chelek Yaakov. That's the portion of Jacob. That is what they are here to teach the world. That Kiyotzer HaKolhu, that God is the one that created everything. B'Shevet Nachalato. And he is the tribe that God possesses, the tribe that God taught Adonites of Old Shemo, that his name is the God, the Lord of Hosts. Mapetz Ata. Lee, you are my war club. Clay Milchama. You, this is now God talking about um, the, the uh, uh, Babylon. So we, we, God made the point, and the prophet made the point of the mistakes that the people make, the mistakes that lead to the cycle of history, the faith that people have in themselves, how could they compare themselves to the greatness of God? If only they would realize that, then the cycle would stop and everyone would come to Zion to worship God to Zion. However, now God goes ahead and says again to the people, You are like my sledgehammer. You are my weapon of war. And I, with you, I have clubbed other nations. And I went ahead and I destroyed other nations. Actually, this is God actually talking to Babylon, saying, that's what you were for me. I used you as a tool to destroy other nations. This is verse 21. 
With you, I will shatter horse. I, sh- I have shattered horses and riders, and I have shattered chariots and drivers. This is verse 22. With you, I have shattered men and women, old and young, uh, girls and boys. This is verse 23 now. With you, I destroyed shepherds and their flocks. Farmers and his team of, of oxen that he used to plow. And with you, I have shattered governors and deputies and governments. But now, that's what I have used you for. However, I am going to pay Babylon back. And all of those that live among the Chaldeans, for all of the evil that they did, the evil that they did in Zion, before your eyes, so says God. Now, uh, that kind of ends the section where God says to Babylon, it was me, I, it was me that used you. But then you went too far. You went and pushed, pushed and punished and made other people suffer too much. And now it's time for me to turn towards you. It wasn't your strength. It was me that used you as a hammer. You were my tool. Don't make that mistake and think that it was from your own strength. Let's go to verse 25. So now I will deal with you. I am against you like a, uh, like a destructive mountain says God. Hamashchis is kalaretz that destroys the entire world. It seems like an image of a, of a volcano, that kind of mountain that we're talking about, a volcano that erupts and destroys the entire world around it. I will place, stretch out my hand against you. Um, and I will roll you down off the cliffs and destroy you. And I will make you into a burnt out mountain. Again, using the image of a volcano. They won't bother taking from you a stone as a cornerstone. They're not going to use you as, as for foundation stones. In other words, you're going to be a useless mountain. You won't have stones to be used to quarry. You're just going to be destroyed, a wasteland forever, so says God. Su'unes, raise a banner in the land, far bagoyim, sound the horn of war among all the nations, kadshu aleha goyim, prepare the nations against her, hashmiu aleha mamluchos, ararat mini Ashkenaz. assemble upon her the kingdoms of ararat, mini and Ashkenaz, kingdoms that apparently joined the Persians in the fight against Babylon. Appoint a chief over her and bring up her horses against her like a swarm of locusts. Prepare the nations of war, O kings of Media. All of her governors and her deputies and all the lands under their rule get ready to attack Babylon. The land will shake and tremble because God's plans are now coming up against Babylon. To make the land of Babylon a desolation with no inhabitants. 
The mighty people of Babylon have stopped waging war. Yashvu Bametzados. They remain in their fortresses. Their strength is gone. They have become like women. Again, using women as a symbol for someone that is weak in battle. Her dwellings have been set on fire. Her bolts have been broken. The bolts meaning that locked the doors and held out the enemies are no longer working. Runners come to meet runners. Sending messages all around to tell the king who's sitting inside his throne, afraid and scared, that the city has been taken from end to end, and the end is near. The river crossings, the bridges of escape, are places from which help might come, but they've been taken down. The marshes are burned in fire. The and the men of war, the soldiers, are frightened and scared and are panicked. This is about halfway through this very long chapter, so I'm going to stop here. The next chapter, we will begin, uh, we will complete chapter 51. Thank you for joining me for 51a and 51b. We're going to hear a conversation between God and Jerusalem regarding the events that we're discussing here.